Hello, guys. Welcome back to Andrea's podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Scott Aaron. Scott is an author, a speaker, and a coach. And uh, he has, oh my gosh, an amazing, amazing story to share with you guys here today. So before I introduce you, because you have so many talents, I would like for you to actually introduce yourself because it's, it's like, you're freaking an amazing person. When I met you at the Master, Fast Foundation Mastermind, I was in Aoi with your story and your passion for coaching. So Scott, can you share with, you, with us a little bit about you? Absolutely. And uh, you know, first, thank you for having me on here. And it's great to reconnect. And, and you know, it, it's such a loaded question when uh, I joke with my fiance when, you know, we're out to dinner or we're meeting up with friends or people are just meeting us like they're like, what do you do? And it, it's such a it, it's such a hard question to answer just because the, as entrepreneurs, you do so much. But if if I had to answer it clearly, you know, uh, I'm an international speaker, best-selling author and high level business coach, mm -hmm. but that, that wasn't what I was always doing. Obviously, you know, my story from when I came to speak at fast foundations, my, mm -hmm. my background is actually in health and wellness. Mm -hmm. I had an 18 year career as a health club owner, personal trainer, fitness instructor, and sports nutritionist. And my, my story isn't the, uh, the prototypical fitness story where you hear a lot of trainers that, that start working out and they get inspired and then they, they want to become a personal trainer. So they do because everyone keeps asking them, can you train me? Can you train me? You look good. Mm -hmm. And then they want to open their own studio and their own gym. I was kind of the opposite of that. I was, uh, I was always an athlete. Mm -hmm. But I was never really into fitness. My my father was the fitness person in my family. He he still competes to this day in uh, world bench press contests. Even at sixty seven, awesome. has uh, numerous national and world records. And I was the more of the athlete. But when I was around eighteen, I was going through a, a phase in my life uh, that I was more of like a hippie. So. When, uh, when I had hair, I had a, a big Jufro and I, I yeah, I mean, it's, if people saw me now, I've, I mean, I shaved my head, I have no hair, mm -hmm. but I, 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 I'll post some pictures another time, but I had this really big, big Afro and I just used to tour around the country following a band called fish. So it was kind of like the furthest thing from health and wellness, but I was mm -hmm. always health conscious. I was raised in a very health conscious family. Mm -hmm. So I was always taught, you know, what good foods are, what bad foods are. My mom you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, you know, I was eating sushi when mm -hmm. I was eight and nine years old. You know, this was at my bar mitzvah in 1992. This is, you know, I'm really aging myself here. We had a sushi station and no one even knew what sushi was back then. Uh -huh. And, you know, we had whole wheat pastas. Anyway, I was always raised in this health conscious family. Mm -hmm. So my, my entrance into entrepreneurship, but also health and wellness came in a very mm -hmm. unorthodox way. My, my father was a, a serial entrepreneur, had multiple businesses. And when I was around 17, he left the one business that he owned, um, broke partnership and started working for a gentleman who owned various 
physical rehabilitation locations that mm -hmm. were set in fitness clubs. So he began working for this guy, managing all his clubs. And about a year and a half later, outside looking in, everything looked good, you know, money-wise and everything else. Like we were never, you know, really struggling or we didn't mm -hmm. know of any struggle. It was kept from us. But when I was home after my freshman year at the University of Pittsburgh, when I was 18, going on 19, my father said that we had to have a little family talk. So as we always did, we would always barbecue the four of us, my mom, my dad, myself, and my sister. And he broke the news that he was leaving this company and he was going to be taking over a failing fitness club in downtown Philadelphia with the help of my two grandfathers to finance it. Mm -hmm. And he said the reason why he was leaving this company is because they were under investigation for uh, a $9.5 million insurance oh fraud case that my dad ended up being in the middle of. So he said to protect me and protect the family. I'm obviously not going to be involved in this company anymore, but I'm not out of the woods. There is an opportunity and there is a chance that I may get house arrest for what's going on. But in between now and then we're going to take over this gym. So the family has something going on and moving forward with. So my dad, you know, dedicated literally every day to this new gym and obviously the proceedings uh, continued with the lawsuit. And about seven, eight months later, we were actually in court for the, the sentencing because obviously my dad pled guilty to cooperate with the government. And what we thought was going to be house arrest actually turned into 24 to 36 months in federal prison. So this was a complete curveball to the family. My father never expected to actually go away, but he did. And at that point, the gym was turned over to me mm -hmm. as an 18 and a half year old kid. So yes. my grandfathers who were the original co-owners of the gym, uh, I signed paperwork to buy the gym for a quote unquote, a dollar to have the rights to the gym because it had to be put into the family's name. And I began my entrepreneurial journey as a teenager running a $250,000 a year fitness club, having no experience running a gym having no experience managing people or motivating people or even working out, mm -hmm. but I had to figure it out. And what I can tell you is that, you know, there's going to be times in your life where mm -hmm. you are absolutely dealt very shitty hands and where it doesn't look good. You're going to want to fold that hand to try to get some new cards to have it work out best. But sometimes you have to take that hand and you have to make it your best. And that's what I did. You can either hold them or you can fold them. I didn't fold that hand, even though I could have turned my back and, you know, uh, just sulked and just, oh, woe is me. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I, mm -hmm. I picked up the pieces and my father said to me before he left for prison, he goes, now you're the man of the house. Mm -hmm. And when that statement was made, I knew I had to show up. I knew I didn't have to show up just for me. I had to show up for him. I had to show up for my mom. And I had to show up for my sister because we were a family, we were a unit, mm -hmm. and we were going to do this together. So I ended up falling in love with the industry. And in the two and a half years that my father was away, I grew the membership from around 400 to just around 1,100 in those two and a half years. Wow. The gym was thriving. I got my certification in group fitness, mm -hmm. uh, sports nutrition, and personal training and grew this great personal training practice from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved it. My father comes back. We start running the gym together. It's thriving. 
one gym turns into to two gyms and we opened a second location in 2002 mm-hmm. and in 2003 we were actually approached by another family to actually purchase the rights to both gyms for a million dollars wow and this was never really part of the plan we we wanted to actually you know be the fitness conglomerate of Philadelphia we wanted to open up multiple locations all over the city but you know I mean, when a million dollars is put in front of you, it's, 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 it's kind of hard to say no to that. So we took the deal and in, uh, in 2003, we sold both of the clubs for a million dollars. We did maintain management rights of both gyms to help the new family transition. So we were managing both clubs. Mm -hmm. I was still personal training at both gyms. And then in 2004, my father got the itch to get back in the game again. So our management contract ran out. It was a year long management contract. And my dad said, why don't we open up another gym on the outskirts of Philadelphia that's bigger than these gyms. These were kind of like boutique sized gyms. They were around 4,500 square feet, uh, about 9,000 square feet combined. And we ended up opening up a gym in 2004 outside the city that was around 12,000 square feet. So uh, much bigger than both of these gyms mm-hmm. and things, things were going and it was a new gym. But what I, what I failed to realize is because my family's credit was bottomed out with everything that happened prior, everything had to be put into my name. Mm-hmm. So you do what you're supposed to do. You support family, you, you get the business going, you, you sign the papers that need to be signed. But what I didn't realize is that three years into this in 2007, 2008, yeah. I was about $1.5 million in liability debt with all of the leases and loans that were attached to this club. Oh my gosh. So again, you go from being a millionaire and mm-hmm. then, you know, three years later, literally it's a complete 180. Mm-hmm. But again, you're dealt hands and you got to keep moving forward. So mm-hmm. I continued to, to grow my personal training practice and I, I wasn't going to let that stop me. And eventually things started to get better and better and better. And in, in 2013, obviously, my, my journey took another shift. I was introduced to network marketing in, in a way where I saw it as a, a, a viable business investment because I've always been psychologically unemployable. I never had a boss and I never will. I'm always mm-hmm. going to be my own boss. But also, I was trading time for dollars as a personal trainer. And a friend of mine, he asked me a question and it really kind of shifted my mindset because between 2013 and now, just six and a half years, yeah. my life has completely changed. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he goes, Scott, if you get sick or injured where you physically can't train people, you can't get mm-hmm. to the gym, something happens to the gym, it goes under, you know, you fall ill, mm-hmm. what are you going to do for income? Mm-hmm. And it was honestly the scariest question that I've ever been asked because I didn't know, because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a plan B. So when network marketing came into my life in 2030, it was the most opportune time because I realized that I was still referring people to GNC and vitamin shop and bodybuilding.com. And I was doing Mm -hmm. meal prepping for people, but I was expecting people to be me and I and the mindset of a fitness uh, of, of a fitness professional is different than the average nine to fiver that 
does not want to spend their Sunday nights lining up their plastic containers and mm-hmm. weighing out and measuring their food as I did because I also competed. I wanted to do something that, that was riding right alongside of my gym where mm-hmm. I can provide them other solutions. And I dove in headfirst. And within two years, I was able to create a residual income that matched my personal training. And I was able to start scaling back. I was now, awesome. quote unquote, making money while I slept. And I had never experienced that before. Mm-hmm. In, in 2015, I went through another shift. And I was exiting my second marriage, which left me with my now seven-year-old beautiful little mm-hmm. boy, Taylor, but also opened the door for me to, to meet the love of my life, Nancy, who were getting married later this year. But uh, above that, I, I was digging through some paperwork and, and, I, and I found some things. And it all started when I was selling a property that I owned in downtown Philadelphia. And I had about $35,000 worth of equity in the house. And I was just doing it just to liquidate, just to have some extra funds. And when I was at closing, I had a mm-hmm. check slid my direction and I was expecting around a $35,000 check, but the check, when I turned it over, read $837. Oh my gosh. And the reason for that is when, I, when we opened the gym, I had signed a document that was using my house as collateral for the mm. gym's equipment lease. So basically the bank got notif- notification that I was selling the collateral, which yeah. means they took the balance of whatever was left Uh, owed on the lease, which left me with $837. And now, you know, the, the, my ears were raised and Mm -hmm. I was now looking for more. And I did find one last piece of information and that was the lease of the gym. And on the final page of the lease, it had my signature and underneath it, it said guarantor. And for those that don't know what that means, if they don't own their own business, Mm -hmm. when you're the guarantor of a lease, you are financially responsible for every dollar that's owed on that lease, whether it succeeds or fails. If something happened to the gym, I was fully responsible for paying every dollar owed to the Mm -hmm. landlord. And that was about 450,000 extra dollars. At that point, I knew I needed to make a decision. I called my father into my office and we had a, a cordial conversation. I explained him the situation and I said it was best if we broke partnership and he would find somewhere else to train and I would take over this gym by myself if we were going to maintain any sort of healthy, normal father-son relationship, which I'm happy and proud that I made that decision mm-hmm. five years ago because you know we have moved forward in a positive direction and, and we are father and son and we do things together and it's exactly the way that it should be. And when I was building my network marketing business, I, I still had my personal training. I had my network marketing business and I mm-hmm. had this gym that was literally holding me back. And mm. all the money that I was making was getting funneled in just to keep the doors open. But this is where the coaching aspect actually came into place because I realized that in network marketing, you, uh-huh. you need to connect with as many people as possible, mm-hmm. which led me to starting to utilize LinkedIn for myself, Mm -hmm. which I ended up opening a whole other door for other people because I found that a lot of people in entrepreneurship, not just network marketing and entrepreneurship, they're lacking connection. They're lacking, Mm -hmm. they're lacking conversations and they're lacking business growth. And I developed a system of how to use LinkedIn to utilize it for any business, whether it's network marketing or not, if it's an Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial endeavor, 
I was able to show and still continue to teach people how to do this. So now I had this coaching practice that started to grow mm -hmm. and I was sitting with my business attorney and I was explaining to him the situation that the gym is, you know, losing about $3,000 a month. I had these profitable businesses going and he said, listen, you know, you're a guarantor of this lease. You know, this gym is going to be on your back for the rest of your life if you don't make a decision. Mm. And I said, well, what are my decisions? He goes, well, you have two options. He said, option A. <laughs> he said, option A, you can continue financing this gym yeah. and basically keep covering your costs and do it that way. Or you can file for personal bankruptcy. Mm. And when I heard personal bankruptcy, it didn't, it didn't scare me at all. Mm. Uh, I didn't hear your life is about to be over. I heard your life is about to begin because he said to me, he goes, in all honesty, on a scale of one to 10, mm -hmm. you know, 10 being a slam dunk, you need to do this. One being do not do this. Yeah. He said, you're a 9.5. So on July 1st of 2016, just almost four years ago, I filed for personal bankruptcy. On July 31st of that year, I closed the gym for good. I wrote a handwritten letter to the members, left it on the door, thanking my members, my staff, my employees, my instructors for their 12 years of service and dedication. And on August 1st, it's when I was reborn. Mm. I actually, I woke up with that gym, not on my shoulders, mm. where I was able to, you know, end my father's dream, which was owning this gym and starting to live my dream and do things on my own terms. And that's how I spent every single day in the last three and a half years has been an absolute rocket ship. And to summarize everything, you know, there's going to be times in your life where your back is going to be against the wall. Uh -huh. But someone asked me before, they said, if, if you had to describe your superpower, mm -hmm what would your superpower be? And, and I answered immediately, resiliency. Mm -hmm. That's you have to, in entrepreneurship, you must be resilient because if you think it's going to be this straight line of success, you're mm -hmm. absolutely wrong. It is, mm -hmm. it's dips, it's turns, it's bumps in the road. It is a roller coaster ride. And I, I have a simple quote that grounds me that I always talk to people about is that your failures will always open the doors to your successes because mm -hmm. the more often you can learn how to fail, the more often you will learn how to succeed. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a, an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. I, I heard your story before, but thank you for sharing with our listeners. It's like, it has so many great nuggets in there. Um, one of the things that I really, really like, it's in the back of my mind and I need to ask you because I know like my listeners are also like in the back of their minds. It's just like, Oh my gosh. So what is like, what drives you so much to just kind of a back up every single time you, you, you fail, you know? Well, it's, it's kind of like born into me. It's one of those things where, I learned from struggle mm -hmm. to, to overcome. But I also, when I started on this, this network marketing journey 
in 2013, mm. which is it's basically a personal development journey with a compensation mm. plan attached to it. So when I started to do network marketing, I it was the best education I'd ever got. I have a bachelor's degree, you know, I I, I appreciated everything that I learned in college, mm. but what I've learned about myself and about life in the last six and a half years, you can't teach that in school. Mm-hmm. And I started reading all these books and I stumbled upon so many, but, but the one that I really, really read in the very beginning that has stuck with me forever, it, it's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. I have that book. And when I read this book, it, it was, it was eye opening for a number of reasons. And, and the, the big reason was that, he was describing that there's three people in, in this world. There's mm-hmm. people that live in fear, which means they're, they're fearful of the future. So they're always thinking about things that haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that live in anxiety and stress, which mm-hmm. means they're anxious and stressful about what's already happened. So they're replaying mm-hmm. these same tapes of their life over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And then there's people that live in peace, which means they're living in the now. Mm -hmm. And he basically was saying, he goes, the only time that you can absolutely control is the present moment. So he goes, instead of being fearful, instead of feeling anxious, stay peaceful. And when I read this, it made so much sense to me because Mm -hmm. I was one of those people that swayed back and forth between you know, being fearful of what hasn't happened yet, thinking about things and creating stories, but also living in my old story of what, what was and bringing that into the now, which was a complete false statement. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that I control right now, I control my present, I control my future. Mm-hmm. I realized then that every single day, is a new opportunity to write a new chapter of your life and of Mm -hmm. your story. Mm -hmm. So instead of me harping on what has happened, and I could have played the blame game. I could have like said, you know, F my father and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and have all this resentment and anger. And, you know, because I was divorced twice, I could have said, man, I'm a, maybe I'm not meant to be married. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm a bad partner. Mm-hmm. Like I could have created all these stories, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I took all of those things as learning lessons and used them as motivation and inspiration to move forward. Mm-hmm. Because when you have hope, when you have trust and belief in yourself, nothing is ever going to stop you because they are just lessons that are going to teach you something that you can bring yourself forward more into your life. Because at the end of the day, the best is yet to come. You just don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is, oh, I'm like, my mind's like just blowing, like, whoa, what a message. Um, I, I think so. I, I agree with you as far as like, you know, um, living in the moment in the present moment and making the choices every single you know like every single time you make a mistake just like make another choice you know i always tell myself like uh, you have another chance you know just don't give up you know you probably well we both are on fitness and uh, on, on the fitness industry so you know some clients they they messed up with their whatever meal was so just 
you have an, an you have another meal mm -hmm. just don't give up because you ate a burger doesn't mean that you were failing right so i like the fact that you you were able to shift your your perception of your own life instead instead of blaming because we all have our own stories we all have our own baggage but it's up to us to and to make that choice and thank you so much for giving us the permission because when you say it people realize that it's like whoa oh okay i also have the choice nobody never told me that i had that choice to choose it again choose a better option choose something better for me and something that is aligned with where you want to go and like you just said doesn't mean that where you're gonna go, you don't know where you actually exactly where you wanna go. You have a vision, but you don't know how you're gonna get there. It's just like, you don't, all you have is the now. You're just like my husband. My husband, he lives in the now. It's just, it's amazing. Some days I'm like living in the past and he's like, oh no, 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 let's come back. Forget it, let it go. What can you do right now? right here right now to make yourself better so um but yeah i think that uh oh my gosh you, you were just a freaking amazing person <laughs> like, thank you yeah seriously it's very inspirational and uh one of the things that uh, you mentioned is that connection how connect connecting with other people like-minded people it's so important for us to grow as a business owners or even like just for personal, your own personal development. So have your own bubble and you were kind of a sort of like alone and uh, you, you felt like you need to be in connecting with more like-minded people. You know, what I'm saying is because I, I think that a lot of people think they don't have the support. Most of the times they don't have the support where they are. And uh, they are thinking that they are alone. Have I ever felt that way? 100%. You know, entrepreneurship is a it's a very lonely place because you know, you're, you're spending a lot of time by yourself. Even when I was a personal trainer, it was a very lonely place because, you know, I loved my clients, but that's basically what it was. Clients were in and out of the door. I really had no life outside of that. But mm -hmm. another book that really helped me mm -hmm. understand what wealth and success really was mm -hmm and is, it's a book called The Science of Getting Rich. And it's by Wallace D. Wallace, and, uh, Wallace D. Waddles. And this book was written in 1910. This was the first money mindset book ever written. So for those that are listening, if you've ever read Think and Grow Rich, mm -hmm. if you've ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm -hmm. The Secret, You're a Badass at Making mm -hmm. Money, any uh, mind, uh, the millionaire mindset, mm -hmm. any, any of these money mindset books, 
are based off of the teachings in this book. It's 110 pages and it really will change your life. But th there's, there's one aspect, there's one aspect of this book that really hit home and it, and it really made me realize that not only did I need to be part of a mastermind, but I did, I, I needed to expand my network mm -hmm. and really focus on connection was he stated that instead of living in a world of comparison and competition, Mm -hmm. live in a world of creation mm. and collaboration. And you hear it all the time that, you know, comparison is the thief of our joy. Yes. And in a, in a very omnipresent and uh, oversaturated social media world that we're in right now, it is so easy to go down that scroll hole of mm -hmm. all these people that are living a good life. They have the perfect body. They have a great house. They have great clothes. Their makeup is perfect. You know, they, all those things. And then you start to compare yourself and then you end up feeling like shit. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that the more that I stay in my lane and I focus on just being unapologetically me mm -hmm. and where I realize that I'm perfectly imperfect, I'm never going to have the perfect body. You know, I'm never going to have the perfect this or perfect that. I'm perfectly imperfect just the way that I am, but I'm in control of my own destiny. And if I can focus on connecting with more and more people, whether it's doing podcast interviews, interviewing someone else, them interviewing me, me being part of a mastermind, reaching out to people on social media, just to get on a call to see how we can support and collaborate. Mm -hmm. Collaboration leads to creation, which leads yes. to abundance. And I think that's what people they, they don't understand mm -hmm. because you hear about all these quote unquote influencers. I think influence is bullshit. Influence, influence can't be created mm -hmm. unless you impact people first. Mm -hmm. yeah. So from impact comes influence because, mm -hmm. you know, it goes back to something that Robin Sharma talks about and Robin Sharma he wrote multiple books, but his first book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, great book. And he states, you know, he stated this in one of his podcast episodes. He goes, listen, you want to make millions? Find a way to impact millions. You want to make billions? Find a way to impact billions. So it's not about influence. Mm -hmm. It's about impact. And when you impact enough people, you will influence them automatically to want to do and be more you can't influence first you have to influence you have to impact first mm -hmm. which leads to an automatic unconscious influence of those people doing more it's just like lighting a fire so perfect example it could be someone going to a man and i'm just going to use me as an example i uh -huh. come to a mastermind and i speak and i i give a speech about my story and about linkedin and about what i do mm-hmm it's going to impact people in that room and mm -hmm. influence them to make a change, whether mm -hmm. that's working with a coach or buying a book or investing in something else mm -hmm. or just getting on the platform. So when you can impact someone in a meaningful and a thoughtful, genuine, mm -hmm. authentic way that automatically will inspire them to do more. So the influence is a direct mm -hmm. result of the impact. Clapping my hands right now. This was awesome. 
love it. It's so true. I never, ever really thought about that. You know, we all, like you said, we all heard about influencers, but what they are doing actually. There's, just... a there's a course. People, you can literally go on Instagram and you can pay a company $997 to learn how to be a social media influencer, quote unquote. Oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> that's the crazy. biggest, that's the biggest bunch of horse shit I've ever heard about. Mm -hmm. Because again, you have to take the time, the energy and the effort, the blood, the sweat, mm -hmm. the tears, Absolutely. the years of honing your craft mm -hmm. to earn the right to influence other people, but you must impact them first. Yeah. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. So what is, what is success means to you? That's so funny because I'm glad that you asked that question. So on my podcast, that is the final question that I ask every single person. <laughs> Literally. No, I, if you go and listen to any of my episodes, every interview, I ask people what does success truly mm -hmm. mean to them? So success to me, it has changed over the years and, and mm -hmm. I think it's going to be. So I, for the listeners, you may be thinking in your head as, as I was asked this question, you know, what does success mean to me? It means having money. It means having a great house. Mm -hmm. It means for me, success means being able to create a life by design mm. where I could create products or create time freedom or monetary freedom, or a legacy for my son and my, my and Nancy's future family. Mm -hmm. Living life by design truly is what success means to me because when you can live life by design, mm -hmm. you are your own life architect. You can build the house of your dreams in your head and create it out of thin air. You can mm -hmm. think about the dream car, in your mind and you can create it out of thin air. So when you can truly live life by design, mm -hmm. you bring meaning to what success truly means to you. So my advice to everyone is fill your cup mm -hmm. of what you want success to be. If money is not your motivator, mm -hmm. if, if impact is your motivator, if, if just having more time is your motivator, success doesn't correlate to the number in your bank account. Mm -hmm. Success doesn't correlate to the amount of cars in your driveway or the make or model of that car. Success is not correlated to the amount of bedrooms and bathrooms or windows of your house. Mm -hmm. What success truly means is what you bring to it. So the long-winded answer is success to me is living my life by my design. Yeah, love it. Love the answer. I love it. Yeah, everybody's success, uh, mean of success is completely different. Yeah, I just love it, love it. Well, my gosh, this was one of the m most amazing podcast interviews I have done. So I just wanna really, truly thank you. Seriously. I, I appreciate uh, that, thank you. Yeah, you are very like, it, we can feel the energy through your voice. Of course, we are like, you know, face to face here <laughs> on the Zoom call, but I know that my listeners will feel the energy coming through your passion and your voice. It's so clear, you know your message, you know what you wanna do in your life. And uh, yeah, you are such an, a great example of creating 
really meaningful impact because just like you said, you know, maybe the learners will not be working with you, but by what you said, it will impact their lives and they will be thinking about it. You know, I, I truly, truly, I, I truly appreciate your time today. Thank you. And uh, before we go, we're about to wrap up here this podcast. I like to ask fire questions at the very end of my podcast. So are ready? Ready. What are you grateful for in your life right now? I am grateful for my, my health, my fiance, my son, my family, my friends, and the life that I get to live. Awesome. So I know you mentioned uh, lots of books, but what is the one that really changed your life? Go for No by Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton. Mm -hmm. Yes is the destination, but no is how you get there. Awesome. And uh, what you are working on your life right now? Could it be business related, personal, everything? Well, I always do a happening board uh, at the beginning of every year. So there's a lot of things that I'm working on uh, business-wise. I'll, I'll answer both business-wise, uh -huh. working on publishing two new books and three new courses this year, uh, which I'm excited about. And personal, you know, I still work out Uh, five to seven days a week, but I want to incorporate getting back into yoga once a week. And awesome. as much as I hate it, getting in cardio one day a week. And the only reason why I hate cardio so much is when I used to compete in bodybuilding, mm -hmm. I used to have, I used to have to do two cardio sessions a day mm -hmm. and it just, it just kind of ruined it for me. So, yeah. uh, but I'm going to commit to that. And th those are some of my biggest personal health goals is just getting into the yoga for the mind Uh, and then obviously the cardio for the body. Awesome. And uh, where can we find you? Yeah, easiest way. I mean, my website, www.scotterron.net, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn and Facebook, it's Scott Aaron. And on Instagram, it's at Scott Aaron LinkedIn. And I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. I will put all the information on the show notes, guys, including the books. And uh, also your LinkedIn book as well i'm gonna put that information there thank you. thank you no thank you thank you so much for joining us today guys uh, i really really appreciate your time and we will see you next week all righty bye bye <laughs>